It's the Cultural Reset. We're your hosts, Emma and Samara. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Cultural Reset with two L's. So let's get into it. Today we have a gift for you guys. A nice present for you. We have a mini reset. Now, what is a mini reset, Tamara? Well, it's basically a shorter episode where we focus on one topic that is of interest to one of us. So, Emma, what is the topic today? So, the topic today is reparations. This is an Emma-centric episode because I will be the one um, presenting on this topic, and then Tamara is going to provide feedback and ask questions and give us some fun commentary. So, I'm going to start. What are reparations? That's a great question. Let me know. Reparations are compensation of either land or money given to enslaved persons or descendants of enslaved persons by the American government. Now, after the Civil War, the United States government said, okay, all these enslaved people who are now free, we're going free, quote unquote, (laughs) we're going to give you 40 acres and a mule. So that means 40 acres of land, one mule, so they have their own property. Um, This was never fulfilled, go figure. They never got 40 acres, and they never got any mules. It was never fulfilled. The promise was not given. So reparations has been an argument that we've seen come up a lot lately, especially since BLM has gotten such a big push in the last two months. So... The argument for reparations is that it would decrease the wealth gap between white and black America. So, white Americans who have are 25% of the people who own about a million dollars in wealth. 25% of people who own a million dollars in wealth are white Americans. 4% of people who own more than a million dollars in wealth are black people. So 25% versus 4%, that's just a number for you. So you can kind of picture the distance between the wealth of white people and the wealth of black people. White people have obviously created this system to ensure that they got the most financial success out of any other group in America. The importance of equalizing this gap comes down to generational wealth. So white people, have been accumulating money, that's wealth, not income, been accumulating money for many, many generations since the start of this country. And because of that, the largest percentage of money for white people comes from a generational gift. So that's when a grandparent or a close relative dies and gives their money and their wealth or their property to their child or whomever, the next generation. With black Americans, there is no generational wealth for most households. So they're not receiving that gift when a relative dies. They don't have that extra boost that white people have when it comes to financial success. So reparations have been a debated topic because people are asking, where is this money coming from? Money like this is possible through taxing people. So if you tax white America and allot that money for reparations, you'll have money for reparations. So that's like one of the financial decisions people would like to make and they would like to see as the way to get reparations towards black Americans. 
And then the next question is, should reparations actually be a check given to a household or should it be a reparation in the form of community-based project, service, or money allotted towards um, a community center? So that's a big question and I think a lot of people don't know the right answer. Now, I listened to a TED talk to help boost my research and I'm gonna post the link to that research in my, um, in the link tree on the Instagram account. But this TED talk was talking about how a check is more beneficial than a community-based projects for the following reason, that generational wealth will not be built upon with community-based projects. Generational wealth would be built upon if someone was handed a check or even a trust fund. If trust funds were developed for people, you know, it doesn't have to be $3,500 for you, spend it as you will. It can be $3,500 allotted for when you turn a certain age or for when um, you're in financial need of that money or for your generation after you when they die. So I was like, hmm, I have some questions about where else in the world reparations have been paid. So I looked into it. In Germany, after the Holocaust, immediately after the war was over, Germany started paying Holocaust victims and survivors money every year in order to promote the wealth of the citizens that they hurt. So over 60 years, this has been going on, and it's over $89 billion they have spent in trying to build the wealth of Holocaust survivors. Why I bring this up is because this is a good example of a country taking responsibility for the actions of their past. They're not just putting up statues and making museums. They're giving a financial resource to victims who have suffered greatly at the deal of their country. So I'm going to post an article about that as well because it was such an interesting thing that I never even knew that they did. So why should America be so cautious when pursuing the idea of reparations? Why haven't they already started reparations? Big question. But at the end of the day, it's based on systemic racism and the idea that oh, well, now that you're free, you have the opportunity to work for this money. Well, that's one. We know that's not true because of racial disparities in receiving jobs and interviews and things like that. But also the idea that generational wealth is not present in our black communities and it is very present in our white communities. I wanted to give you a little more history on where we've seen of like, true receipts of this happening. So in the U.S. Army, since the beginning of the 19th century towards the end of the Civil War, officers of the military were given a stipend to pay their personal workers. If any of these workers happened to be enslaved persons, that officer was able under federal policy to keep that money as a bonus and not pay their enslaved worker any money at all. So just from that sector of America alone, that's over, I wanted to say it was over a billion to a trillion dollars in money that was meant for black Americans that they never received. So just right there, just that small section of people and their descendants who lost out on all of that money due to federal policy from our government. That is a huge issue. 
and we haven't seen anybody try to fix it. In recent politics, in people's campaigns from 2019 to 2020, we've seen more talk of reparations and even the word reparations being used. It's a big word and it carries a lot of impact. So many politicians don't use it at all. Even Obama himself was uh, not particularly interested in the idea of paying reparations. But on a local level, reparations are being paid and have begun to be paid. So I have two examples of this. In Georgetown, the University of Georgetown, they paid uh, reparations to living descendants of slaves who were bought or owned by the university. So this was interesting because they took that money and directly put it towards the descendants, the living descendants of the people their university bought. While in Princeton, the Princeton Theological Seminary put a $27.6 million endowment to fund scholarships, enhance awareness of the school's history of enslavement, and provide assistance to underserved black communities in their area. So this is an indirect form of paying reparations. So there's two different ways you can go about it. And at a local level, it's a lot easier to hit the button on reparations and say, this is what we need to do because it's right in front of you and you can see it on a local level where the disparities are and who needs it the most. So the Princeton Theological Seminary said that this was their way of confessing the school's sins and repenting through the um, financial endowment to scholarships and to enhance awareness. I think both methods were good. I don't have a stance on whether I believe in, you know, like a check or a community-based service. I think a combination of both would be the most impactful and help build equity for black Americans personally. But um, other people might disagree and think that a direct check or uh, fund setup would be like a better idea. So that concludes my presentation on reparations and its importance for our country. So, had a lot of things, <laughs> uh, a lot of thoughts with what you're saying. The first thing that I want to touch on is like what's better, putting it towards community or mm -hmm. giving it straight to the people. Yeah, it's a big argument. Yes. Personally, I like a mixture would be great, but I think the most helpful thing would mm -hmm. be to give money directly. And I see this more as like what Georgetown and Princeton were doing, yeah. like giving us help towards getting loans. Mm -hmm. A trust fund, maybe not exactly that, but maybe like certain money that's maybe dedicated to certain things. Yeah. Very vague, but what I have in mind is like a CV mm -hmm. or uh, an account that can hold a lot of money and maybe like accrues interest and then you can use it at a certain age or for a certain thing yeah. like education. Mm -hmm. And now what you were saying about how it works better on a local level, yeah. maybe if they don't make this a federal issue, maybe the national government makes it a state issue. I was thinking about that and I agree because I think that more progress would be made from a state level and especially mm -hmm. because each state has a different history exactly. with enslavement and how their state was impacted. So I think federal oversight, 
I think federal oversight would be necessary Absolutely. because definitely some states would not want to do that yeah, ever at sure. all. But I think that that could be a really great thing. Mm-hmm. Was what you were saying about how they have like these generational gifts that's given yes. down. Yes. Like, white people, when you already have a head start. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't get anything. Exactly. But if you get gifted from the people who die in your family. Mm-hmm. Like, because that financial resource has been there and has always been there. That's how you're building wealth. And you just keep adding to right. it. There's n- Also, question, why haven't they started to do this? I think it goes way back to deep discrimination. Oh, how are you res- absolutely. Absolutely. So what I thought of immediately was Jim Crow laws. Yes. Like right after we were quote unquote freed, okay, the fugitive slave law, mm-hmm. um, Jim Crow laws, the... Kansas, Nebraska, like fiasco with popular sovereignty determining mm-hmm. slavery, all of that mess. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to the fact that black people are not seen as people, period, for a very long time. And even now in some parts of the country, we're still not seen as people. Mm-hmm. Also, when you said that they were taking money away from enslaved persons, brings up the idea again that we are not seen as human. Right. So I think this was a fun mini reset because we are able to really express interest in this specific topic, which I had personally a lot of questions on. And I know I talked to with it to Tamara and she was like, I don't really know enough either. So I was like, this is a great way that we can bring you a lot of information in a little like small episode and then you can enjoy it and then you can further your research. So I'm going to post links to a couple different articles I used for my research. Um, Mostly it's the New York Times, and I'm also going to link to the TED Talk about reparations and how they would construct that in the United States on a federal level. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. This has been a mini reset with Emma and Tamara. I'm not afraid of